Hey everybody, welcome. This is now the second episode, or maybe the third, or the fourth, I don't know. I'm recording it as a second episode, my second recording of this podcast, and I want to say the last one had some really great compliments, and I want to thank everybody for listening. I honestly did not expect anybody to listen, and what I really didn't expect was people to listen and then say, hey Mark, good job. But anyway, this is the intro to the intro. Let's get into that theme music. Hey, this is the Making Friends podcast with Mark McGark. That would be me. Uh, This is a podcast where you get to learn a little bit more about your favorite tweeters. Today we have at Pan Midwest, who is known to me as Kevin. He has a mustache, and he's terrific with puns. Kevin is actually on a Twitter hiatus right now for about a month. Uh, As I'm recording this, it is April 14th, and I think Kevin's going to be away from Twitter until May something, May 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere around there, he's got some real-life stuff to deal with. Uh, not, nothing bad, no tragedies, no nothing like that. It's just that I think that he needs to concentrate on his schoolwork, and, uh, you know, Twitter can be a distraction. So I thought that we could put this one up while Kevin is away from Twitter, and this will be your little piece of him to hold on to and to love for the month, Uh, so you don't have to miss him too badly. So here you go. Here is Kevin. Again, he's at Pan Midwest. We talk about religion a lot, because that's kind of Kevin's bag. Uh, But we also talk about other things that have nothing to do with religion. And some of you wrote in with questions. Hopefully you'll hear that many of those questions were answered. Before I forget, today's podcast is brought to you by Social Anxiety. Hey, do you enjoy talking with people and hanging out and feeling comfortable? Well, how would you like to not feel comfortable and instead feel like the whole world is crashing down around you and it's your fault the entire time? Why not try... Crippling Social Anxiety. If you act now, you can get Social Anxiety completely free. All that you have to do is overthink every single interaction that you have. Um, Not only while you're having the interaction, but make sure that you overthink it before and after as well. Uh, Do all these things and Social Anxiety will be yours. I personally have been using Social Anxiety for years, and I must say... It's horrible. Okay, that's it for the ad. Let's get into the show with Kevin Timmons, also known as At Pan Midwest. Enjoy. Schlafly Rye IPA. That's a very attractive bottle. Yeah, so it's uh, a brewery in St. Louis. It's actually just like a 10-minute walk from where I live, so uh, I, I drink the, it pretty often. To the brewery itself? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I love a rye IPA, or a rye anything, really. I think I've had like a rye Pilsner that I liked okay. a lot. nice. 
it's got like a like a distinctive taste to it. It's it's different enough from regular non rye whatever. Right. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I enjoy a good beer. I'm not an expert. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I. I know everything, but yeah, I can tell some of the differences too. And I, I've there's a couple rye IPAs that I enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah, I know uh, nothing really except that I know what tastes delicious inside of my mouth, that's, and yeah. that's usually what I try to go for. <laughs> the problem is the ones that are so delicious are usually like twelve dollars a bottle. So I know. I that know. makes it uh, a little bit out of my price range. I'm more of like a thirty-five cent bottle of beer <laughs> person. Uh, okay, so I'm kind of warming up. I'm getting loose and ready. Uh, I'm very Excellent. excited to talk to you, Kevin. Likewise. Good. I'm honored. Uh, I, you know, after two days away from Twitter, I was just itching to interact again with some of my Twitter friends. <laughs> I'm happy to see you. Let's, um, oh, I should tell you that Morgan shared with me your Instagram feed. And Sick. Kevin, I gotta say, it is a pure delight. You, <laughs> your Instagram, it looks like you have so much fun, and it looks uh, like you have some real genuine friendships. So I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's all a facade, but I, I saw my it and extra money my heart left. Student, I pay people to take pictures with me. <laughs> what's, the, what's the going rate for a picture with Kevin? Well, so no, I, I have to pay them, so it's their, they pick the rate. The most I paid is uh, $300. So, okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah, they're very pretty, so I get it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it was really a pleasure, and you actually inspired me. I think I'm going to start putting some more things on my Instagram soon. I haven't done anything on there for probably five years. Wow, but your life just looks so damn fun. So <laughs> <laughs> I want my life to look fun too. I mean, that's you know, that's the goal of social media: make my life look fun, right? Well, you're accomplishing it. Good. So, Kevin, how are you? What's what's going on? Are you you're doing like a holiday break from school, right? Yeah. So, with Easter being this upcoming weekend, today's Good Friday. Uh, my school is um, off for three days: Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, um, and then obviously the weekend in between. So, little mini break, which is really needed, just school and work wise, but also you know, respectful of the Easter holiday. If you wanted to travel and be with family, you totally could. So I yeah. appreciate that. Do you have any big plans for this time off? Are you going to relax? Like, are you just going to sit on a couch and let your life seep back into you? Uh, I don't have any plans to go anywhere. I'm staying in St. Louis. Um, I am playing, I'm playing guitar at the Good Friday service at my church tonight. On Easter, I have no responsibilities. Just, just go to church and enjoy it. And then honestly, for the most part, I, I'll be playing some catch up with homework, which isn't ideal. Like, I wish I was resting a little more on this break, but um, the past two weeks I've had some unusual, like, like I don't know, plans. So, you know, I've been to a few different cities over the past couple of weeks and went to a conference, had to work, went to a conference for fun, and I had a work conference that I had to be at. Um, what do you even, do? What do I do? Yeah, because I thought you were just a grad school dude. I didn't right. know you had a job as well. Right. So that's my primary job as a student, full-time. I also, I also work part-time for a campus ministry that I was involved in when I was a college student. I worked for them two years full-time after college, and then I decided to go to seminary full-time and drop down to just being a part-time 
uh, employee for them. Um, but I still had some responsibilities that take me like out of town. So I had to, I'm training new employees basically. It's the best way okay. to describe it. So that's why I had to go to this conference. I have been to this conference twice myself where I was like, you know, a, a new employee of sorts being trained and then three times as somebody who is training or coaching new people. So it was yeah. very boring at this point because I've heard it all a million times, but I got like yeah. to be there to like answer questions and interact with uh, new people. So did, did you have to do a bunch of team building activities Trust falls, uh, um, nah, two like truths that. and a lie. <laughs> so the thing with a campus ministry is that, like, there's no way for it to generate income. It's nonprofit. And so employees actually raise financial support through, like, friends and family and churches. And so if a new person joins, they need to spend about a, one summer doing some fundraising. So it's kind of coaching on how to, how to do fundraising. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, bringing in that money. Right. It's hard, but I think uh, you probably find a lot of people that feel like that's a good cause to donate to, right? Yeah. I mean, I think most people, regardless of, you know, religious affiliation, would say their college years were very transformative, you know, first steps in independence and adulthood. Um, totally. And so especially, um, you know, like churches or campus ministry, Christian people would probably be like, oh, I, like I loved the campus ministry that I was involved in. And I would love for other college students to get a chance to be a part of that, too, so... Um, yeah, but it's still, you know, it still takes work to find a network of people to, to join your cause. And that's what the training's for, but it's really rewarding, you know, like I have like, so even I myself have a team of people who, who give money to me monthly or yearly or whatever. And I send them letters for like, Hey, here's what's been going on my campus. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very relational actually, not just like a name and a number. Um, but we yeah, that's really interact. nice. So yeah. yeah, so I guess people probably feel like they're supporting something really worthwhile, and they probably feel like, oh, Kevin's a good guy. I feel comfortable helping him, and Absolutely, I really yeah. like hearing from him, seeing what he's doing. That's the hope. So so yeah, it sounds like you. Uh, it sounds like it's important to you, and it sounds like you enjoy bringing people into the things that you like, and you probably sort of put some deep thought into who who you should share it with and what they would get from it. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you though. Cause I said, you sound like a, you seem like a grad school dude, but then you, when you replied, you said something about seminary. Now, is there a difference there? Are you in a, like a grad school in a yeah. seminary program at like a, an established college or are you going to something separate? That's its own thing. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, both are accurate to say I'm in grad school, I'm in seminary, um, but the school that I go to only really offers kind of ministry-related degrees. They are all master's degrees, so in you know, that sense it is grad school, but um, we have like, so I'm, I'm in the Master of Divinity program, which is kind of your typical pastor's degree. Um, you know, you do a lot of like biblical theology and pastoral ministry kind of combined into one degree. Uh, but then we also have like a you know a master's of counseling, um, a master's of um, exegetical theology, master's of religion and culture, master's of theological studies. Um, so there's a few others, but they're all definitely like ministry related degrees. Um, but there are schools around the country that I think do offer similar degrees as you know one among many many others aren't aren't uh, religious or ministry related. 
is there sense. is there anything particular about this program that drew you to it um so honestly my my seminary search process was not stellar i kind of i made the decision based mostly on the website and then some interaction via email with uh some admissions people i was actually living overseas when i applied so i didn't have a chance to like, go visit in person yeah um and so that made it a little bit difficult. So I wouldn't advise making the decision the way I did, but I will say I've absolutely loved my school. Um, yeah, they just care a lot about like me as a person, not just me as like a student. Oh, that's um, so important. Yeah, and I remember like one of the I forget what the name of the event is, but like the president had like a you know, he gave a speech convocation maybe where he began the school year. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds um, right. It sounds right. Yeah. But he was talking about how like for some of us it might be a bad thing if we get straight A's in our classes because surely we have be a bad thing because surely you have other responsibilities like your family or your friends or another part-time job and hold on he was setting you up to feel guilty about doing well in school you you could take it that way but I actually took it as freeing like he was saying your academics are not the most important thing about you they're important but they're not the most important oh, okay. you should not get straight A's and leave your wife or have your wife leave you i'm not married so it's irrelevant to me but a lot of my classmates actually are married um and so or like you know some of them have kids and he was just kind of saying hey like this is important but i would rather have you have healthy family life and get b's than get straight a's and um have your <laughs> but no c's <laughs> if i see a c you're out <laughs> exactly no a's no c's only b's everybody must get a b or something to <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Um, How are you doing? What kind of grades are you pulling in? So I always feel like I'm doing worse than I actually am. I mm. checked my GPA um, not that long ago, and it's like an A minus average. So I'm plenty happy with that. That's I, I would be happy with like a three point area. Like yeah, you're right um, on the cusp. Maybe you should focus on your personal life a little maybe. more. My Bring that grade kids. down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we'll see. This semester, though, I, I predict my GPA will go a little bit lower. But Oh, good. That's good, good. to hear. Good, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you just got back from a trip to Denver. That's a conference that you were telling me about, right? Right, right. Uh, so, you, I know you worked a lot then. I know you did a lot of conference stuff, but you also had some fun. A little bit I'm of fun. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. Your Instagram looked like you had a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about the fun parts? Sure. It's, I mean, the highlight was I got to meet fellow tweeter Dave Cactus. Oh, yes. Uh, One of my f- absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a delight. He's, yeah, super nice, super genuine. Um, he was much more soft-spoken than I expected. Y- you know, you never know um, when you communicate with someone primarily of like a text um, you know, chat room. Yeah, or you don't know. You establish a tone in your in your head what you think they sound like. Right. And, and like he's, he's he's even done some videos and stuff, but it's only maybe twelve seconds that we get to hear him. Yeah. So you had an extended uh, session of being with him and experiencing his personality. Right. Um, but he's also very like well spoken. I feel like he chooses his words carefully. Um, he's very kind. Um, yeah, it was, he it was is, really. Really He's one of the kindest people that I interact absolutely, with online. Absolutely. Um, he picked me up in this like classic uh, 
car, like, it was just super long with, like, you know, the little hood ornament um, logo or whatever it was. I can't remember now if it was Chrysler or something like that, but it was definitely a cool-looking car. Um, I felt pretty cool, like, oh, yeah, this is my ride, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, was it a bench seat? Uh, I think it may have been. Yeah. That's yeah. real nice, because then you can just reach across and put your right. arm around the other person, <laughs> you know, establish that intimacy right away. Exactly. <laughs> that's good. So, and I think you guys got some waffles. Is that right? No, that's not No, right. that wasn't you? That, that must have been... He did, like, two tweet-ups in a row. So oh, I saw okay. a picture of him eating waffles. Oh, but I am, I am mad at you, Kevin, because Dave had put um on his sign you know how he puts the tweets on the sign sometimes he had put my tweet up which i was thrilled about and then like an hour later he took it down and put (laughs) your tweet up are you serious (laughs) yeah (laughs) to celebrate your coming and so you got the premium sign time i was only up for a few minutes dang i'm sorry i i didn't realize that and you know if i had had a say i would have said hey wait Keep his up a little bit longer. Mine can mine can wait. Next time you go there, you be sure to do that. I will. I will. Thank you. But not it gonna was, lie, uh, it yeah. was pretty cool to see my tweet up on a sign. <laughs> There's a cool picture of you walking away from that sign. Yeah. And it makes me think of those movies where the guys walk away from explosions in slow motion. <laughs> That's like you looking super cool. You got your <laughs> premium original content on the sign behind you. It's it's really nice. I think yeah. um, I think that's a picture for the ages. Yeah, I gotta I gotta put that somewhere. I guess Dave Dave took it, but I think he sent it to me, so I should have it. I'm pretty yeah. sure I have it. I can share it with you. <laughs> awesome, perfect. It was your it was your Vampire Weekend tweet, right? Which uh, I'm explaining this for our listeners. You and I both know what it is, but they might not know. And that tweet was actually how I first came across you. It was my very first impression of you, if I remember oh, really? correctly. And I, yeah, I remember it made me laugh and, uh, I had a rule. I think you came on about a year ago. So like, I think we all make our own sort of like Twitter protocol of what we're going to do. And at that time I had a rule that if something made me smile, I would like it. And if something made me laugh out loud, I would retweet it. Okay. And you, sir, you got the retweet because I did a genuine guffaw laughing (laughs) at that thing. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad. But yeah, that was for a long time, that was my most popular tweet, and uh, you know, it's based on real life, kinda, and I'm really glad that people enjoyed that, because it's like special to me, because I can think about the real life story, too. Um, Are you telling me that actually happened? Like, more or less, like, I, you know, use a little bit of artistic license to present it on Twitter in the funniest way, I think, but um, my sister and I were talking about Vampire Weekend once, and my dad overheard, was like, Vampire Weekend? Is that like Shark Week? <laughs> it was just like, this is perfect. And so I just responded something like that. Like, no, Dad. It's not like Shark Week. Oh, man. Is your dad a funny dude? Is he the jokester of the family? He's pretty funny. Um, that one sounds maybe a little unintentionally funny. Right. So I'm, I'm, that was exactly where I was going. He's often funny unintentionally, but also intentionally, too. Um yeah, I, I, and sometimes I don't know if he's 
intentionally trying to appear unintentionally funny, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. You can't, yeah. I can't always tell with him, because he, he definitely, he knows what he's doing. He's not completely, you know, ignorant of how he's being perceived. But every once in a while, he's just, just weird things about him are funny to other people. Yeah. So. Your dad might be a meta comedian, and he, he hasn't even come out to you that way. You just yeah. have to sort of give in to it. Would not surprise me. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not super close with my family. Like, we do some phone calls. I see them maybe once a year. Um, but I kind of get the feeling that you're much closer with your family mm. than I am. You you have a, a very nice picture of your mom and dad where your mom looks super elegant. Uh, <laughs> and I think your dad's wearing, like, a nice sweater. Uh, it looks very cozy. And uh, how's that relationship? Do you, do you have uh, siblings, too? Yeah, I have one sister. Um, so I've kind of been the one in the family who's always far away from home. Um, like I lived like five hours away during college. Um, actually I, like I lived overseas one year and that was just me, um, not, not with my family. Um, and then where did you live? Montenegro. What is what? Okay. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Continue with the family. All the right questions that everybody asks about Montenegro. Um, and then I moved to St. Louis, um, all the while my parents have been in Ohio. So, um, I, so I've always been far away. Um, and so like in one sense, we're not close where like I see them every week or like eat a meal with them every week or anything like that. Um, I do try to talk on the phone or FaceTime once a week if I can. Um, my average is certainly less than once a week. Like that's a goal in my head, but it doesn't, I definitely don't always live that out. Um, but I do really like my family. I enjoy talking with them. I enjoy being home when I get to go home. Um, and I think the longer it's been since I moved out, like in for college, um, the more I actually like miss being home. Like oh, yeah. in college, I was like, I'll just go home because I can't stay in the dorm this this break. Yeah. You know, like that's when well, I went you're home. You're kind of establishing your independence for the first time usually right. when you right. go to college, and you need a little time away. You need to kind of like find who you are and um maybe in grad school you feel a little more secure and you're like you know what i actually enjoy spending time with my family so that could be what takes you back absolutely Uh, i think that's that's really great i'm glad that kind of i've grown enough to where i feel kind of established as my own single adult person and then of my own volition choose to you know go home when i do and enjoy that um nice and you know you're in control yeah (laughs) And I don't want to paint the picture that like things are perfect. Me and my family have definitely had conflict. Uh, they did not love my career choice initially. Uh, really? Of ministry, yeah. Um, I think are... my parents would have been thrilled if I had done that. <laughs> like they are, they are churchgoers. They would say they're you know they're they're Christians and, um, but they still really wanted me to use my my degree of computer science and get a job in in software. Um, and when I told them I was going to work for this campus ministry and have to fundraise my own uh cost of employment they were like what are you are you are you high um and so, so you they know, want we, you we to have conflict real tangible money but yeah. what you're doing is you're storing up your spiritual bank sure right? yeah so you're making yeah. millions putting it away for later for like when you die yeah and then you can cash in then 
I guess that that is one way to look at it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we did have a little bit of disagreement there. They they definitely come around um, and seeing me, you know, do my work the past couple of years, kind of be understanding why I did it and really um, supporting me. They actually, you know, they do, they even donate some money financially to my um, my ministry as kind of like oh, you know a token of saying of we do support you. Um, and so that's been really great. But, you know, we have had ups and downs. Not, it's not always perfect. And, and, yeah. No, that's good. You know, sometimes that makes it a stronger relationship. And sometimes that's, uh, like, it's probably good that they voice their opinions about it so that you guys could have a real conversation about, no, yeah. this is why I'm doing it. It's important to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you could let me in just a little bit on some of the details of that conversation. Because, like, I think some people are probably wondering, why would this guy who could make lots of money with computer science, you know, that's a totally, totally acceptable skill. Um, and he, something must have come over him or something, maybe some kind of divine intervention. I, I don't know. I'm not sure I believe in that, but um, that doesn't mean it's not true. And uh, can you just kind of tell us what led you to this part? Sure. Um, it's nothing like radical or crazy, you know, like visions or anything like that. Um, and I've, I've grown up my, my you know, entire life going to church with my family and um, can't really remember a time where I didn't believe in God or wouldn't have professed being a Christian. Um, so it's always been a constant. Um, I think in college is when I started to experience, like I first got there and I was like, I don't have to go to church this Sunday. Like my family is not gonna make me. And it was kind of like this, you know, fork in the road. Like, am I going to go or am I not going to go? And, you know, I, I decided to go and I, I knew some people who were going. So it wasn't um, like against all odds that I went. You know, I had an easy way to go and I did. Um, and that had been the norm my whole life. So it definitely felt comfortable. There was some continuity. Um, but, yeah, I got, I got connected with this campus ministry. And, um, yeah, it's I, it's been a long time since I've thought through, like, you know, the specifics of putting to words why... That was so significant. Yeah, I know it's really me. hard to articulate. I don't want to put you on the spot with that. <laughs> I, I know it is hard. It sounds like you made it's the again that that act of making the conscious choice of okay, my parents are not going to force me to go to church this time. Yeah. But oh, maybe maybe it's something that I want to do, and sort of like being like that is really a part of me that I want to explore more. Yeah, yeah. And I think like like um, older students when I was in college, and even some of the the staff of the campus ministry that I was involved in. Um, you know, just like really sacrificial with their time to like spend, you know, with students who are younger and um, kind of being like mentoring relationships and um, yeah, kind of like help me grow as, as a whole person and then also grow, um, you know, in some of the, you know, specifics of my faith and learn how to study the Bible, um, things like that, experience like, you know, even like work through things like forgiveness like in inter personally like you know how do you how do you interact with somebody who's like wronged you legitimately um where That's are the resources a tough question. yeah where are the resources to kind of like mend that um i just feel like things like that were like really significant for me in college and um yeah like and so i i mean a lot of it is like i graduated having had like a really positive fulfilling time of growth um personally, spiritually, interpersonally, whatever, um, and really wanted to, to be a part of continuing to allow other students to experience that. 
That sounds really great. I mean, I think the best of us that whatever profession that we choose or whatever, even if it's a hobby or whatever, um, the way that it kind of shines from within us and we bring forth, we kind of bring it to other people in that way. That's the goal for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. It just happens that yours is in spirituality. Right, right. Do you feel like you're particularly talented and talking about it and sort of like spreading the message i don't know if i don't know if that's like a cliched way of saying what you do that sounds pretty dumb coming out of my mouth but um, <laughs> no, I, I like totally, do you I, feel like as far as the interpersonal stuff and just sort of like making people feel comfortable do you feel like that's a talent of yours i i think i think i do okay at it it's hard it's hard to know um and I me mean, also like you know humility is a christian virtue so i can't come on sure. here and say like heck yes i am but um <laughs> i mean I, I think i've grown um i think one of, like one of my weaknesses in college was like you know by the time my like junior senior senior year rolled, or, rolled around most of my friends were very similar to me in what they thought and believed and so that that's not really challenging to to be kind of um I don't know, like in a pluralistic situation. So I think in you know, the past couple of years, I've really valued like having more significant relationships with people who don't think like me um, so I can continue to develop skills and, you know, interacting with somebody whose framework for how reality is, is different than how I see it. Um, and so, so it's a value I have and I've been trying to grow in it and um, I hope I'm doing okay. I mean, I think, you know, there's some good signs like, that you would have me on this podcast is probably a good sign that I haven't like completely alienated people who think differently than me, you know? Um, yeah. Um, but it's I, a value I, I have I to keep it. growing. I, I guess, enjoy so. your company. Yeah. So um, I think it's, I love that you are um, actively seeking out people who have different opinions and see the world through a different paradigm. I think yeah. that can only make you healthier and it can only make you better at what you do and in relating to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. Like, um, I think the the tension is, you know, you worry like, oh, if I interact with all these people who see the world differently than me, that means I have to like give up how I see the world. And I think the tension that I've been trying to like live out is, you know, still hold on to like what I, what I do believe to be true. Although like with a willingness to change it, if I find, you know, something more convincing. Um, yeah. I think I remember going to college and um, thinking like, kind of like trying to look at different points of view. I was a, a literature major. So that just kind of comes naturally that you're reading all these different texts and authors think differently. They present yeah. things differently. And I think one of the things that my professor said that really stuck with me was it's not so much that you have to change the way that you think. It's just that these things complicate the way that you think in a really good way. Yeah. You know how a lot of people think, oh, complicate sounds like a bad word. I don't want things to be complicated, <laughs> but really it just gives you a richer understanding of the way that things work. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And so I think I'm, I'm in that process of learning new perspectives while still trying to not water down my own. Unless, That's, you know, it makes sense to, I guess. But yeah. That sounds good. So why Montenegro? Yeah, so that that was a part of my campus ministry job. Um, I did one year at my alma mater, and then at the end of that year, I spent a year in Montenegro where we were trying to um, get that ministry started at a university there. Um, and Montenegro yeah. is a Balkan country with rugged mountains, medieval villages, and a narrow strip of beaches. Yeah, along its coastline. Yeah, 
See, I don't know anything about it. I had to Google it just now. You're not the only one. I, I remember calling like the credit card companies before I left to say, hey, I'm going to be out of the country. Don't block my card when I try to use it <laughs> in this country of Montenegro. And one person was like, oh, is that in Africa? I was like, no, it's... And then she's like, South America? I was like, no, Eastern Europe. <laughs> and then another... Keep guessing. Give me more. Another one was like, oh, what country is that in? It's like, it, it is the country. It, 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 no, that is the country. But, um, but I understand. It's actually a new country. Um, it used to be Serbia and Montenegro as one country up until like 2006 or something. And then before that, it was um, Yugoslavia. So... I understand how just hearing that name it doesn't quite click in people's heads where that is. Most people when they were in school it wasn't even a country. So Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all those country name changes that have been going on over there for the past twenty, thirty, yeah. forty years and then yeah. even longer. Even right. longer, right? Right. Okay, let's do uh let's do a light question. I asked some people for um if they had questions for you. All right. We're gonna go back to some heavy stuff, don't you worry. But let's <laughs> let's do a light one now. Let's see. Andrew Chamings. Am I saying that correctly? Andrew Chamings. I think so. Wants to know, is sausage a fruit or a vegetable? Hmm. That is a good question. I haven't thought about this in a long time, but... I haven't um, thought about it in forever, you know? <laughs> it's like a real childhood question. I would... I would say it's a vegetable. Sausage is a vegetable... Okay. More so than a fruit. If I have to live within this dichotomy, definitely vegetable over fruit. It's not sweet. Well, sometimes it's sweet. Right? I'm trying to think of the characteristics of fruit. <laughs> so, fruit has seeds. Is that correct? Usually, yeah. That's the... Maybe a more, like, technical definition is it has seeds. Although, you know, like, tomato is the classic. Most people will say vegetable, but technically it's a fruit, and we know that, but... Because of how it tastes, we say it's a vegetable. You know what I mean? Taste is chief in this. That's correct. Yeah. But there's like... I'm a vegetarian. I haven't had sausage in a long time. But there's... Um, I kind of remember biting into sausage and feeling like like a gritty... Like a gritty texture in my mouth. And that makes me think of seeds. So That's in that case... Point. It's a little bit like a fruit. But it's yeah. so savory that it's more like a vegetable in that way. Yeah. I, I think... Like, sometimes sausage can be a little bit, like, spicy, you know? Yes. Almost like a pepper. And that made me lean towards vegetable, although peppers have seeds, so they might technically peppers do be have fruits. Seeds. I don't so, think the seed thing just needs to go out the window. This could be something that I brought out of absolute nowhere. <laughs> I know. I've heard that before, though, so. Okay, so we're, um, we're still undecided. Doesn't matter. Lisa Marie wants to know, what's your go-to option at Taco Bell? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm a big fan of Taco Bell, for better or worse, big fan. <laughs> and lately, I, I just, I will get whatever the $5 box is. And a lot of times it's a way that they promote like a new menu item. So they'll be like, you know, the new, this is not new anymore, but the Quesarito box which will have a quesarito a doritos locos taco and then like a crunchy taco plain with a soda and it's like five bucks which is a really good deal for that meal a lot of times that's two meals for me um oh, look at you stretching it out i know um 
nothing like Taco Bell leftovers. <laughs> oh, um, that's so gross. They don't, I know. They don't reheat, and they're absolutely indigestible if you have them cold. <laughs> yes, I take it from the fridge and place it directly in the toilet. So, <laughs> um, that that's what I've been going with lately. But if I, you know, the the heart of the question is probably like, what specific menu items do I go after? And the crunch wrap supreme is probably oh, one of my favorite solid items. choice. Yeah, um, yeah. But so you, also you're like, also you're interested in the marketing of Taco Bell. You're like, okay, yeah. what's new and exciting at Taco Bell today? Yeah. It's the I new mean, things a lot that people bring you say back. Like, you know, they think innovation. They think Apple. I think Taco Bell. <laughs> like <laughs> the things they come up with are just mind blowing. I know. Yeah, Apple will say? solve problems that everybody acknowledges exists, but mm-hmm. I never knew that we didn't have a quesarito burrito combo. You know, like I didn't know that problem existed, and Taco Bell was like, "Boom, quesarito." Yeah, you're so, right. They're not yeah. only asking the right questions; they're answering them. Um, <laughs> they're answering questions I didn't know I had. Yeah, so they're solving the problems of our mouths. Mm-hmm. They do need to work on the problems of uh, our digestive systems. I think. I think that's another. That's like the yeah. the next wave of Taco Bell thinking. Hopefully, hopefully right. within the next ten years or so, they'll develop the technology to solve that problem of how it actually goes through our body. Right. They call that Taco Belly. Oh, they call it Taco Belly. Yeah. Um, but other items. I'm just gonna list a couple other ones I like. I like the double decker. That's old school. Double decker. Um, I like the Supreme Chalupa, and Baja Blast Mountain Dew is is really great as well. So. <laughs> do they still make that? Of course, of course they do. I love. Uh, I haven't gotten to Taco Bell in so long. You can do vegetarian at Taco Bell. Yeah. But I think that there's still lard in it. If you get like the beans, I think there's still lard in it. So yeah, it's not something that I want to come out and ask because I don't want to exclude it from my diet entirely. You know, I wanted to be there as an option. And if I find out it has lard, it's off the menu. Yeah. So it's a question I'm not going to ask. But the Baja Blast that's been in action for at least ten years. Probably. Yeah. And the best thing about the Baja Blast is how you can fill your giant forty-six ounce cup with like. <laughs> three quarters of Baja Blast and then you just do like a crazy wild pick and you go to one of the other things, you get a Pepsi or a whatever <laughs> and you put it in there, you mix it up That's... Mm. I've never done that but now you Kevin. wet my appetite, I might try it next time you must, Okay, Kevin I'll let do you it know. for me, I will alright, next time you're in that soda machine you're squirting in the Baja Blast say what would Mark do? Mm-hmm. And then move over to one of the other options and live your life. All right, I'll report back. Live Moss. Um, let's see. Sarah, whose name is Space Cat, you know her, right? I do. She wants to know um, what is your favorite Bible story and why? Oh. Man, that's a good question and a kind of high pressure question. Do you want some time to think about it? Um, yeah, just like a couple, couple seconds. I mean, there's, I, you know, whenever you get asked, like, what's your favorite, I, my I mind know. automatically twisted to like, what's one of my favorites? I'm okay. Yeah, if yeah. I like, what's later. something that sticks out in your head that's kind of an important one to you? It doesn't have to be your absolute favorite. Yeah. Th- this one just coming to mind, so I'll, I'll just share it. Um, so there's the story of Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament, 
where um there you know there's some sibling rivalry and Jacob kind of like tricks his dad into giving him like the family blessing instead of giving it to Esau um even though Esau was the I believe older brother who traditionally would have received that um and so he's you know he's deceptive and he lies to his dad and gets the blessing and it, you know it splits splits the family up um him and his brother are kind of like you know estranged for many years um but then like later um Jacob hears that like Esau is like back around and he is extremely scared cuz he knows he wronged his brother and so he starts making all these like contingency plans in case like his brother and his brother's clan like you know come and kill them all so he like splits up his property in half so that like half of it can still like be passed on or whatever so he's, he's really scared that he's going to be killed or something by his brother and you know rightfully so because he screwed his brother over um Took and his brother blessing. finally does catch up to him and you ex you ex honestly expect his brother to be like extremely mad and to follow through with some sort of plan to like harm jacob but esau like starts crying and hugs him and is like man i've like you were my brother i've missed you all these years um and i think that's just a really beautiful picture of like forgiveness and uh reconciliation and you know like it cost esau like he he was wronged his brother did steal from him but he like was you know he absorbed that cost and said i, I still want to be like your brother um even though you screwed me over um yeah i think that that's, that's a, really a powerful sweet. story to me so um yeah. yeah, that's really sweet. I think forgiveness is such a difficult thing. Can you still hear me? We kind of blacked out a little bit. Kevin? Kevin? Hey, Kevin, do you hear me? Yes, I can okay, hear there you. you. Alright, I lost you for a second. That's such a sweet story. Uh, forgiveness is a really difficult thing. Um, it's incredibly difficult. I think so many of us carry around burdens of of uh just being upset with people uh being mad at them and forgiveness is really hard it's yeah. like it's really hard to let go it because it, it costs like there's no such thing as like free forgiveness um the illustration i've heard is like you know your neighbor throws a baseball through your window and breaks it you know either you can make them pay for it or you're gonna pay for it um and you, you know even you could say well just don't fix the window but that's still like a cost. That means you live with like, yeah. no ability to control your temperature in your room or whatever. Um, and it's just like the reality of life is like, you can't really get rid of the wrong that's happened. Like the cost will always be there. Somebody's going to absorb it. Either, either you're going to get justice or vengeance, or you're going to forgive and take the cost on yourself. Um, and it's just, you know, an unfortunate reality of people hurting each other. Um, but yeah, like, like understanding that forgiveness the fear of forgiveness is that you can trivialize wrong um, and say, like, oh, it actually wasn't that big of a deal. But I, I think, like, a, a more genuine form of forgiveness to say is that actually was wrong. You wronged me, but I'm going to absorb the cost so that we can still have relationship. Um, and hopefully, like, long run, that actually provides some some benefit some that, that outweighs the cost. But um, Right, because you, um, you kind of have to have the conversation with somebody. 
if right. you're going to forgive them. Right. You're like you bring up an interesting point. You can't just sweep it under the rug right. because that'll actually have go away. psychological repercussions for yeah. you for years to come, probably. So yeah. you really have to bring it out into the open and air it and say, "This made me feel this way," right. and like uh, we need to we need to talk about that. Exactly. But at the same time, I, yeah, you know, you always hear it said that forgiveness is a thing that you do for yourself rather than for someone else because really the burden is on you yeah and uh when you can bring yourself to forgive someone it's kind of like a weight off your shoulders yeah like something that i've heard that has stuck with me um is that like so like you know a lot of times when you don't forgive then you're filled with bitterness toward the person um and somebody i don't know where this comes from but there's this idea that you know kind of remaining in bitterness is like eating poison and waiting for someone else to die um but you're actually you know you're the one who's gonna die <laughs> yeah that's a wow what an analogy i know that's that's a good one I, so, yeah that's like i think those are the things that always appealed to me most about religious services and like um I'm, i was catholic so the homily mm, when yeah. the priest would bring up like real things that you could sink your teeth into like that like the swallowing of your own poison and waiting for someone else to die like, yeah. that's something that makes sense. That's something yeah. I can grasp. That's good. So that's um, my story, my my Bible story that comes to mind. Yeah, what a great Bible story. Also, why in the Bible do so many parents have favorites and they're just, like, coming out and saying, like, oh, of course my oldest child is my favorite. You would never do that now. I know. Never. I know. I mean, and so honestly... Those like all the narratives where that happens, it messes up the family. So having favorite children, while not explicitly said, is it's heavily implied that that destroys families. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay, got it. That's something. That, yeah, that never occurred to me. You're absolutely right. The ones that pick a favorite, those are the families that are so dysfunctional. Right. So right. we're supposed to read that and be like, maybe I should love them equally. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's one of those, like, things, I mean, in literature, like, I, a good author doesn't tell you the point of his story. It should be able to be, you know, implied. Now, granted, like, scripture is, like, ancient Hebrew narrative, so I understand there's some disconnect in how to understand that well. But, you know, they don't tell, they don't say some things explicitly because they're supposed to be implied just from what the results of the story. But Okay. But, yeah. Kevin, do you get your wisdom straight from the mustache, or is that a separate <laughs> thing? Um, I'd rather not give away my secrets, you know, <laughs> the secrets of my wisdom or the secrets of my mustache. So, but no, Kevin, Twitter wants to know. Oh, when I asked Twitter, what are their questions for Kevin? Of course, I got like 16 specifically about the mustache. So you're, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to go into the lore of the mustache. Okay. All right. Um, so my dad has a mustache, so that definitely plays a role. Um, I've actually never seen my dad without a mustache, besides like um, pictures of him as younger, like a kid. Um, so that plays a role. Like there's some influence there, some uh, you know pattern setting. But um, I think the first time I grew my mustache out was uh, I don't know if I did it in my senior year of college or my first year out of college. But I think I did, like, did it in March. Like I did like a mustache march. Mustache um, march. Where did I, you grow? I, a lot of people grow the full beard out and then shave the beard off. So it's not not solely the mustache coming in. 
Right. So you don't see the growth process of just the mustache alone. Did you do that or did you do where you're like, no, one item, mustache? So I, I believe the first time I did it, I started from scratch and let the mustache grow out by itself and then was like never doing that again. <laughs> and so now I always, whenever I shave my mustache, if I decide to grow it back, I grow out my whole beard and then shave down to a mustache. Okay. Yeah. Um, but probably since, since college, I've had a mustache as often as I've had, not had a mustache. Um, kind of just, it comes and goes, karma chameleon, you know. <laughs> I have to say you wear it very well. Thank you. Of course. I think uh, um, the glasses help. Like, I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty nervous to like go out in public without like with contacts in and a mustache. It it doesn't. Yeah, because that's the sole focus okay work as well. of your face yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, I think in college I wore my glasses less than I have since college. So. I think it takes a, a bold individual to just have the mustache, you know, and the glasses do help. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah like there's sort of like the full face presentation that you have going on. Um, but yeah, I've seen some people with mustaches not pulling it off, e. but you are not of their ilk. You are like superior mustache wearer. I want you to know that. I want you to feel absolutely comfortable with that mustache. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, there's, there are definitely times where there's some insecurity with it, but um, it's an interesting thing. A mustache is one of those, like, you know, style decisions that people feel comes with an invitation for their opinion on it. Like, I gave make, you, like, ten minutes of my opinion on it already. Right. Thankfully, yours was positive, which is, you know, like, that's a little more normal. <laughs> like, you notice somebody changes something about themselves and say, oh, that looks good. Uh, but it's very interesting. The mustache totally invites negative feedback uh without me asking for it explicitly and that's just interesting i don't know like mustache says i'm the type of person who is okay with you saying mean things about how it looks okay, <laughs> i don't know then. it sounds like you've been wronged i mean there's there's a few people i can think of who without me asking what they thought about my mustache told me they did not like it i'm gonna need a list of these people uh Phone numbers, addresses, <laughs> I'm going to post it online, and okay. we are going to go after them. We'll hunt them down. Yeah, pitchforks ablazing. All right, I have a question here from Pale Space Rider. Okay. Um, and I'm guessing that this is an ongoing thing. If this comes out of nowhere, let me know. But he says, how do you feel about Taylor Swift? Hmm. I mean... I'm not sure if that's an ongoing conversation I've had with him or many people, but I've mentioned from time to time that I enjoy a lot of Taylor Swift's music. She's um, delightful. Yeah. I actually have 1989 on vinyl, and uh, it's a great, great album. It It's a little bit different than most of my other, you know, music tastes, but... Um, How often are you spinning that thing? Hmm... It it depends. Uh, weirdly enough, I actually just listened to it yesterday, but it was on a long car ride, so not my vinyl um, that I own, but just you know my iPhone in my car. But I did just listen to the whole album yesterday. Um, but I probably hadn't listened to it in a couple months since then, or like before then. I don't know. Yeah, it was really of a moment for like a year and a half. It was like oh yeah, everybody was playing it constantly. 
And I think maybe we heard enough for a while. You know, yeah. I had to trail off. We, we had to step away from it for a little bit. Right. Too but now I think thing. we're back in the grace period, or out of the grace period, yeah. where we can go back and be like, yeah, there's something to this. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I, I, yeah, Taylor Swift gets two thumbs up from me, and definitely in the, in the realm of music. Um, I, don't, I don't know enough, nor feel that it's even my place to, to comment on her personal life, but music, two thumbs up for me. A lot of people do. I think Taylor Swift is like Kevin's mustache of celebrities, <laughs> where whether she invites it or not, people are going to say awful things about her. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she necessarily deserves it. You know, maybe she does. I, I don't know. I don't know it, enough about it. Let me really not even comment on it. Cause yeah, deny the comment. That's let me do her that it. little respect. All right, we're back on track. We lost it for a second, but here we are again. And I was asking you... Your life is about to change because you're going to move to Seattle. Yeah, um, I'm actually I'm I'm moving there for a summer, so not like up and move. Oh, for, just for the summer. Okay, I thought you were doing a whole life move, transition of life. Not like not exactly, although like you know being gone for a whole summer does require a lot of planning and packing and moving. But um, and you know I don't have like family there, so I'm not just like going home. It is like a, to a new. Um, environment in a lot of ways, but I'll return to St. Louis in August. Um, but I, I actually spent last summer in Seattle um, doing an internship for a church there, and then I came back for the school year, and now I'm going back to do an internship at the same church. Um, oh, same church. Which is really exciting. It means they had me for a summer, and were willing to have me back for a second summer. So <laughs> that's a good sign. That's cool. Um, what What are the details of what you do there? Do you actually do any preaching? Yeah. So I got to preach three times last summer. Um, one was at, at that church. One was at a, another church in the area. And then another one was at a, a homeless shelter. Um, and so I, I don't know all the details for this upcoming summer, but I, I will get to preach again a certain number of times. So, yeah, that'll be That's cool. That's great. And I'm, I'm a, That's really great. I'm like a pastoral intern, so I, I'll work with the pastors of the church and be involved and you know, the normal tasks that they're involved in each week. Um, like do you planning. have a, do you, do you have a place that you want to go when you actually graduate? I, I'm open to a few different places. Um, I, so I, I grew up in the Indianapolis area. My parents live in the Cincinnati area. I've loved being in St. Louis for seminary. So those are three areas I would definitely be excited to go to. And then, um, I have this relationship with this church in Seattle now. Um, and I've spent last summer and we'll spend this summer there actually doing church ministry. So I think that's definitely on the list as well. Um, yeah, it sounds like they like you. Yeah. Maybe they'll create a permanent position for yeah, you. Yeah, that would be awesome. So uh, my my family would not love that as much because it's pretty far away from where they're at. It's far. But, um, but we'll see. So those are kind of probably the top four areas I would consider going. Or so Midwest or Pacific Northwest. Right. Yeah. What do you What do you have against the East Coast, Kevin? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. What do you have against coming here? I actually would love to come to New York City. Um, I I don't have a like concrete connection there, but New York City is a city I would actually really enjoy. I th- I think hypothetically, uh, going to. For- I would I would absolutely invite you to come and stay in my apartment. Except I have two roommates, and I I don't know. It might be a bit cramped. All right. But you can stay for um, a couple of nights. Okay. If you want. If I ever I'm not going to put you up for three months. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever visit, I'll mm-hmm. let you know. I, I would love to get out there sometime. It's just a matter of 
cost and free time and uh but all right well consider yourself invited if you can make it now i know some people so um actually i'm pretty sick of new york i've had uh i've been here about five years and at first i was thrilled and excited and i found it electrifying but now i am tired and it's like it's a city that people get tired in it's just uh constant constant struggle Right? You got to spend all your money. You got to walk everywhere. You got to be on public transit for hours at a time. Wow. It's hard. Yeah. And then the weather, of course. The weather, it's been cold, it's been miserable. Today's actually really nice. Today's like 65 degrees. Oh, so that awesome. helps tremendously. But yeah, it, it, you know, it wears on you. Yeah. So maybe it might be sometimes like the summer comes and everything's beautiful and gorgeous. And I get. Um, I get inspired and I'm like, okay, I love, I actually love it here. I'm gonna stay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that'll be it. Maybe that will wash over me in a couple of months. But damn, it's hard. I yeah, I I believe you. That all that all makes sense. And there's a lot of uh, you know cost benefit analysis to do of living in a city like New York. So a lot of great, yeah. a lot of really hard. Sometimes I just want to breathe fresh air. <laughs> Let's see. Let me look over my list of questions. I think we've got pretty much everything. Um, I'm going to put a little praise on you. Uh, you you have some killer puns. I got to tell mm. you that. You, and I think you know. I think you're aware. Um, I, I really like the tweet where it's the ping pong Jesus tweet. Oh, yeah. And you're playing ping pong with Jesus. And Jesus says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. <laughs> Yep. I think that is spectacular. And I think if I remember right, your character is just like, oh my God. It's just <laughs> Every like, time. It's, it's a big exhale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that image of Jesus, although he is the savior of all mankind, <laughs> um, Won't give up he's the also serve. a little bit trying from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that. that that's honestly probably humanizing. one of my favorite tweets of my own, if I can say that humbly. I, I get a kick out of it. Being like obviously a seminary student, just kind of using a pun on a, a famous Bible verse is funny to me. So it's yeah, it's very well done and it's memorable. the The other one that I want to lavish you with praise over is the one where you're at the therapist. Well, maybe it's not you; it could be the character you created. But the character is called me, so <laughs> I picture you. Um, and the therapist slides a bowl of candy over and says, "Help yourself." And then you tear up and you say, you know that I can't. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you like so that good. one. I, uh, I, yeah. There's no I like s- most of what you do, but those are the true standouts in my mind. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I think a lot yeah. about counseling and therapy just because of, uh, like, the school I'm at is very pro-counseling, and uh, which is just another uh, equivalent term to a therapist as a counselor, in my mind. So... I, I think about those situations a lot and yeah I've even taken some classes in counseling um, not like not enough to become a licensed counselor by any means but part of being a pastor is is counseling on a um, a lower level so yeah it's it's so nice to get to know you a little bit and find out that these tweets actually reflect part of your life um, the Jesus thing the therapy thing yeah I I don't know I like I guess I never really thought about where they originated uh, but it sounds like they didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I feel like probably a, most of my tweets have some real life like spark at least. Um, even the help yourself was like, 
I think I was in the student center of my seminary and there was like maybe like a box of like cookies or cake like a cake was out and there's just a sign up top that said help yourself and it just sparked this like idea in my <laughs> mind and actually ping pong Jesus sparked <laughs> because we have two ping pong tables in the basement of our student center and I play probably three times a week with all my buddies nice. um and you know that that's kind of what got me thinking about ping pong so <laughs> yeah maybe well, I don't know if that done. makes my jokes better or worse but a lot of times real life stuff sparks my jokes so that's terrific um i'm gonna give you one last question i think all of the internet would want to know you you're such a catch you're like the nicest funniest person um so you gotta tell us are you single i am very single right now (gasps) yeah i think all the ladies of twitter just developed a crush on kevin (laughs) yeah you know i mean i i would love to be married one day that is for sure i think you know somebody going to the pastoral ministry has uh that that can maybe make some people shy away and i I totally get that but i would i would love to match up with someone who would enjoy being married to a pastor so totally is that what you're looking for right away or do you sort of like like i know when i was dating uh there were times when i'd be like i'm really looking for something serious here but then I think the times when it worked best for me when it was when I stopped putting any expectations at all on it um, and just sort of like met people and enjoyed them for who they were. And then that's when I established the biggest, deepest connections. Yeah. I'm totally willing to um, alter my path eventually. Uh, but I think you know, I, can't, I can't hide that the current path I'm on is toward pastoral ministry. So it inevitably comes up in dating situations but yeah yeah but maybe just like maybe on the first date kind of like lay off the marriage yeah, talk just, just a tad oh I, oh absolutely mm-hmm. i yeah i do i i don't talk about marriage that early on but you know <laughs> i imagine you know I'm, I'm like 27 and so most of the people you know if i go on dates are near the same age and you know 27 and drop dead gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> um <laughs> So, you know, I'm sure people can't, like, completely take that out of their mind, even if we don't talk about it out loud, so, but... No, um, yeah, I don't know. But I do hope you have fun dating and meeting people, and um, I'm certain that you're going to find somebody very quickly. I I hope so. Maybe in Seattle this summer. We'll see. Ooh, okay. A little LTR, long... uh, LDR? LDR. Long-distance relationship? possibly. Okay. All right, Kevin. Well, I I definitely wish you luck. I hope that you enjoy your Easter weekend. Thanks. Um, um, kill the guitar. You know, kill it (laughs) with your guitar, your uh, ceremony. And uh, Kevin, it's been an absolute delight talking with you. Yeah, no, it's it's been awesome to be on the podcast. Thanks for reaching out to me. I'm honored. Absolutely honored. Of course. It's my pleasure. Um, uh, okay, let's uh, let's say goodbye. So goodbye, Kevin. All right. See you later, Mark.